Hey everyone, I welcome you all to a new episode of Gene Talk. This is an initiative taken up by second year students from the Department of Biotechnology at Ferguson College for BTH 2302. And we promise you to bring weekly podcasts on intriguing topics from the molecular biology world. Today, we'll be explaining the key players in the central dogma theory with the help of a light-hearted skit wherein I Arzivijan I Shifa Lalani and I Arjun Rani will voice over for DNA, RNA and proteins respectively. We hope you'll find this as interesting as we do. So, let's get started. <clears throat> Hello friends I am Arne and I am here to remind you of my importance because often times my sister DNA gets all the credit she even has her own emoji yes yes i know her double helix structure is beautiful but did you know i show intramolecular hydrogen bonding that allows me to form clover leaf hairpin loop and more structures and well oh come on arne Why do I always have to guide you through different processes in the cell? Hello everyone. I am DNA and I am the carrier of genetic information. I code for all your traits, characters and proteins that are essential for the proper working of your system. Mm, are you forgetting that I mRNA carry this information as a message to ribosomes made up of rRNA for the synthesis of the same proteins with the help of tRNA you just sit in the nucleus do practically nothing except giving orders <gasps> you take that back right now guys guys calm down please quit bickering and fasten a bit to synthesize me protein or else the brain is going to give both of you a reprimand so dna why are we here today oh yes we are here to teach you guys about the central dogma theory which dictates the flow of genetic information in a cell this theory was proposed by francis crick in 1956 now we all know that i act as the master copy containing information in the form of genetic codes i have the power to make multiple copies of myself by the process of replication post replication in every cell the code of the dna is cracked and copied into mrna <laughs> that's me this process is known as transcription and occurs in the nucleus mrna now travels to the cytoplasm and provides information to the ribosomes which synthesize specific proteins accordingly by the process of translation during which tRNA serves to bring specific amino acids to ribosome where they get linked together by peptide bonds to form polypeptide chain or protein absolutely right so basically information can be transferred between nucleic acids and from nucleic acid to protein but not vice versa i hope you got that okay then we will now get into a bit more detail about each process oh yes so guys transcription rna replication comes before transcription all right thank you before division the cell must double the amount of dna present in it 
so that both the daughter nuclei can receive the same amount of DNA. Hence, this self-duplication process is extremely important. Now, we know that base pairing in DNA is highly specific. Hence, a novel strand cannot be synthesized anew. That is, it must be derived by a template. This proposed semi-conservative nature of replication was first experimentally proven by scientists Messelson and Stahl in 1958. What do I mean by semi-conservative? Well, basically, when the parental duplex is replicated to form two daughter duplexes, each consists of one conserved parental strand and one newly synthesized daughter strand, hence the semi in the semi-conservative. While this sounds simple but is actually quite complex process, involves a number of enzymes. The most important ones are a family of DNA polymerases, which use a single active site to catalyze addition of any of the four DNTPs, that is, deoxyribonucleoside triphosphate, the building blocks of DNA. Apart from the synthesis of DNA, they also help in DNA repair and proofreading of the new strands. Do not forget to tell them about the catch here DNA. DNA polymerase is only an elongation enzyme, which means that it cannot initiate a new synthesis by itself, but can only add new nucleotides to an already existing polynucleotide chain. This chain is called primer, which is a few ribonucleotides in length. Some primers may have DNA nucleotides, but the initial two nucleotides are always RNA nucleotides. Wow, that's interesting. Also, the synthesis of this primer is catalyzed by an enzyme called primase, which is actually a DNA-dependent RNA polymerase. <laughs> How do you feel about that DNA? Yes, yes, everything has pros and cons, okay? Let's now talk about transcription. This process also uses a number of enzymes to synthesize a new strand of mRNA complementary to the DNA template. This mRNA is an exact copy of the DNA sequence that codes for proteins except of course it is a single stranded and the base thymine is replaced by uracil. Similar to replication, the most important family of enzymes at work here are RNA polymerases. Interestingly, multiple RNA polymerase molecule can transcribe the same gene at the same time, each following closely behind one another. To stabilize this newly synthesized pre-mRNA, it undergoes post-transcriptional modifications like methylated capping at the 5'N and polyadylation that is addition of many adenine residues at the 3' end. This protects the pre-mRNA from 5' or 3' exonuclease activity or in simpler terms degradation of nucleotides. Another process called splicing also takes place which involves removal of non-coding sequences or introns and joining together of the remaining coding sequences or exons from the mRNA gene. 
This mRNA is now ready to enter cytoplasm. With that, we are now left with the process of translation. Yes, mRNA now needs to be translated to the language of proteins. The information stored on the mRNA is decoded in a ribosome to produce a specific amino acid or polypeptide. Besides this, translation also requires tRNA and an enzyme called aminoacyl tRNA synthetase which attaches the appropriate amino acid onto its tRNA. Whoa! Looks like ribosomes and tRNAs are best friends forever who won't work without each other. Absolutely! Ribosomes provide a set of handy slots called the A, P and E sites where tRNAs can find their matching codons on me, the mRNA template and deliver their amino acids. Not only that, but the ribosomes also act as an enzyme that catalyzes the chemical reaction that links amino acids together to make a chain. So what exactly happens is that tRNA transfers individual amino acids to the ribosome according to the sequence of the base pairs on the mRNA and marks it ready for the ribosome to read. These amino acids are then joined together by bonds to form a protein. But after termination of translation, the newly formed polypeptide may still need to fold into the right 3D shape, undergo processing, get shipped to the right place in the cell or combine with other polypeptides before it can do its job as a functional protein. Guys, do not forget that such complexity is shown in eukaryotes. In prokaryotes, lack of compartmentalization means that transcription and translation take place simultaneously and are much simpler in their essence. That's true RNA. It's now time for another fascinating discovery. In the 1970s, two scientists, David Baltimore and Howard Temin, found an exception to the central dogma theory. These scientists were studying viruses that could use RNA and not DNA to store their genetic information. Now we know that I, DNA, can replicate myself and transcribe RNA. But the question here was, how are these special viruses, called retroviruses, copying their genome without me? Baltimore and Demin gave us the answer to this question by their discovery of a special kind of enzyme a RNA-dependent RNA polymerase that could turn the viral RNA into DNA. Note that here, transcription is taking place in the opposite direction. Thus, the enzyme was rightly named reverse transcriptase. All hail Temin and Baltimore! In all, central dogma is a miraculous, sensitive and specific process and the only way of synthesizing proteins. If any alteration occurs in DNA-based sequences, the overall process becomes hampered and proteins will be synthesized with false or mutations in sequences which may cause genetic diseases in human beings. Replication, transcription, translation may sound like tedious processes but they form the basis of the very existence and proper functioning of life. With that, 
we come to the end of our explanation of the central dogma of life. We hope you enjoyed listening. Thank you for tuning in with us. See you next time. Bye.